Shalom, and welcome to Via Hafta Yisrael, a Hebrew phrase which means you shall love Israel. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as our teacher, Dr. Baruch, shares his expository teaching from the Bible. Dr. Baruch is the senior lecturer at the Zera Avraham Institute based in Israel. Although all courses are taught in Hebrew at the Institute, Dr. Baruch is pleased to share this weekly address in English. To find out more about our work in Israel, please visit us on the web at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson. It doesn't matter who you are, where you live, what background you're from, we all have something in common, and that's this. We've all experienced failure in our life at one time or another. That means we didn't achieve what we wanted to achieve. We didn't receive what we were hoping to receive. We didn't become the person that we wanted to become. But there's another type of failure. Not when you fail yourself, not becoming, not receiving, not achieving, but when you fail someone else that you betray a loyalty, a friendship. You do not acknowledge that person in the proper way. That you behave in a way as though you are ashamed of that person. And that can damage that relationship in a most serious way. Well, we're going to look at a disciple, one primary disciple. And it's probably the one that you would think, Peter. Peter always stands out among the disciples. But here he's going to stand out in a way that is not uh, pleasing, that's not proper, not a way that bears witness to a proper faith. And Peter, in one sense, is not unique. If you remember the context, Yeshua said to the disciples, he says, they're going to strike the shepherd and the sheep, meaning his disciples, are going to scatter. They're not going to remain faithful. They're not going to demonstrate their commitment, their allegiance, their fellowship of Yeshua publicly because of fear, because of putting the things of this world first. Now, Peter heard this, and we all remember what he said. He kind of set himself apart from the others. He said, oh, others might do so, but not me. Others might deny you, but I'll never deny you, even if it means having to die. Now, those are pretty strong words. In one sense, these are great words, affirming his commitment, but here's the problem. They were misplaced, and we're going to see that at this time. Now, there's another important theological truth. Now, Yeshua, he is omniscient. He knows all things. He's the Son of God, and he knew what was going to happen, but he said something. He says, pray. Pray that you do not fall into temptation. But the problem was this. Yes, prayer can brings change. Prayer is powerful. But the disciples weren't taking seriously his words. They did not pray, but they kept falling to sleep. 
They did not utilize prayer properly. So let me ask you a question. What about you? Are you utilizing prayer so that you will be found faithful? Remember what Yeshua said. He made mention that when the Son of Man returns, that is Messiah, when he comes again, and he is, will he find faith upon the earth? Don't be so quick to say, yes, he will with me. Now, this is what should be. But the only way that you're going to be found faithful, the only way that I'm going to be found faithful, if we take his words, his instructions seriously, and we understand prophetic truth, and we pray prophetically, that means this, that we take truth, we apply it to our life, believing fully what the scripture reveals will come about. Are you basing your life upon the revelation of scripture? If you don't, you will not be found faithfully. Well, with that said, take out your Bible and look with me to the book of Matthew and chapter 26. God willing, we're going to conclude this chapter, the 26th chapter, with this lesson. And this passage concerns the three times that Peter, just like Messiah said, the three times that he is going to deny Yeshua publicly, failing to confess, he's my, my master, he's the rabbi, he's the prophet, the savior, he's Emmanuel, God with us. No, Peter didn't say any of those things. Why? Because he was fearful. He was putting an emphasis upon the world, the world's perspective, how the world responds to Yeshua rather than how a disciple should. So let's begin. Matthew chapter 26, and we're going to begin in verse 69 where it says, But Peter... Now, it begins in just that way. The conjunction here is not and, but rather better translated, but. It's going to show Peter in a way that contrasts who he is in Messiah. He is a disciple, but here he is not going to demonstrate his discipleship. He's not going to walk faithfully. We read in verse 69, but Peter outside. Now, I want to say something about the translation that I'm giving forth. I'm using the Texas Receptus, which is a Greek text. Now, it is the text, for example, the King James is based upon. Very few other translations use the Texas Receptus. They use a more modern Greek text known as Nestle Allen, and that's highly unfortunate. Why? Because one of the objectives of this Nestle Allen edition of the Greek New Testament was to bring forth, to put down major differences. So Nestle Allen's Greek New Testament was not an attempt to show a better text using all the manuscripts and what we have learned in order to assemble all the manuscripts into the best, best text. Rather, it was for the purposes of showing differences. So if you're using a modern translation, the word order may be different because of that other Greek text, 
And it could be simply because of what's ease and how English is spoken or some other language. It literally says here, but Peter outside, that's what's emphasized, that he's outside. What does that mean? He's not with Yeshua. He's not sitting there, although he could be. He's in the same courtyard as we're going to see that Yeshua was in, but he was not with him. Rather, he was with the ones, we learn, that, that arrested Yeshua. So Peter, outside, he sat in the courtyard. And during that time, and remember why Peter's is, Peter is there, he wants to know how this is going to turn out, what's going to happen. But Messiah has already prophesied. He's told him not once, but at least three times that he's going up to Jerusalem, they've done that. They're going up for Passover. It is Erev Pesach, meaning it is the evening before Passover. And we know, he says, I'm going to be arrested, I'm going to be betrayed, I'm going to be sentenced to death, and I'm going to be crucified. But on the third day, he says, I'll rise again. When Peter heard that the first time, what did he do? He rebuked Yeshua. He didn't want that. Why? It was not in line with what he wanted, what he thought about Messiah. And what do we know? Well, we need to realize something, that if we approach our, our discipleship, us following Yeshua, if we approach that in a rational, logical way, and what makes sense to us, what seems rational, what seems right to us, we are going to fail God every time. Why? Remember what God said through the prophet Isaiah when he says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. What does that mean? We think differently. We think as a man, and when we think as a man or a woman, we're not thinking properly. We need to have the mind of Messiah. We need to think as Scripture reveals. Peter wasn't doing that. Not only does Isaiah say, my thoughts are not your thoughts, referring to the thoughts of God are not our thoughts, but he also says, my ways, the ways of the living God, are not the ways of humans. Therefore, if we're going to be found faithful, then we're going to have to take truth, prophetic truth, learn it, pray about it, meaning pray for the strength to implement it into our life that more than anything else, that we want to be found faithful, obedient, with a God-pleasing testimony. I can assure you, Peter was not thinking this way. He was not taking seriously what Messiah prophesied to him and to the others, that you all are going to deny me. Peter, three times this night, Peter says, oh, I'll never do that, even if I have to die. Well, he wasn't being threatened here, but nevertheless, we're going to see that he denied Yeshua. What takes place? He's sitting outside in the courtyard, and we read that one young servant, female. And I mentioned female because the word here to describe her is a word that means a very young, adolescent, a teenage girl probably in the age of 14, 15, 16 years of age. Some of the scholars uh, believe 
that because she was in that position, she either came from a very, very poor family or, more than likely, she was an orphan. So she's there, remember? It's very late in the evening. The disciples probably were at that Siudah Mepsek at that last supper until midnight. One, they went to the Garden of Gethsemane. They were there for approximately an hour. And now he's been arrested, brought back to the house of the high priest by the name of Caiaphas. And it's in the middle of the night. And they're all assembled. And we know something. It says that, that this young servant female, she, she says, also you were with Yeshua of Galilee. Now, just a simple statement. You were with Yeshua of Galilee. Now, the first thing I want to say is this. This word Galilee is very important. I have shared with you this term Galilee is a Hebrew word. Yes, it's been written, transliterated into the Greek language, into English, into all languages, but its origin is Greek, is Hebrew, and it speaks about something being revealed. And therefore, when this term Galilee appears in the Bible, it is for the purpose of revealing something, revealing truth concerning Yeshua's words in regard to Peter. So, she says, just a simple question, also you were with Yeshua of Galilee. Easy question, not confusing. He could have just said, yes, I was, but he didn't. Notice what it says in verse 70. But in contrast to the truth, that same conjunction which shows a, a disconnect. But he denied before all a public testimony that was false he denied before all saying i do not know what she she says what she speaks this is foreign to me not the words but the concept he's implying i i wasn't with him i don't know him i'm not part of his disciples that's what he's sharing because of what fear because of a lack of prayer, because of not taking prophetic truth. What Yeshua said about all the disciples, this was prophecy. Not taking it seriously, not praying about it. And therefore he says, I do not know what she says. Look now to verse 71. We read here, but he went outside. Now, this is a word for simply going out. He departed, in other words. He did not like that situation, what he was experiencing, that question, being before those other people. So what did Peter do? He just changed his location. Now, let me point out something. Peter was not where he should have been. Where should he have been? Sitting right next to Yeshua, saying, this one is my rabbi. This one is my Savior. This one is my God. And I'm going to follow him wherever he goes. And if it means that I'll be put to death, so be it. That's what he said earlier. He should have been sitting with Yeshua. But now he was in the same courtyard 
but he departs. He goes out. And where is he? It says here, but he goes out into the gateway. Now, this gateway is probably another small chamber between the courtyard and the gate, a little area where other people were. So he went away from that one crowd and he assembled with a few other people at the gateway. And what happens? See, sometimes you can't run away from, from your situation, your problems. What happens? Another. Now, there's two words in the Greek language, alos and eteros. What does these two words mean? They both mean another. But alos means of the same type, and eteros means of a different kind. This is the word alos. It's in the feminine, ala, which means another young servant woman, probably that same age, 14, 15, or 16. She came, and notice what, what she did. She saw him, this other one saw him, and says to the ones there, meaning this other group of people he went to. So he changed his situation, but he didn't change the reality. Messiah had prophesied three times, you're going to deny me. He did it the first time, and now we're coming up to the second. She says to the ones there, and this one was with Yeshua of Nazareth. Now, notice the change. In the first account, Yeshua of Galilee. Now we have the term Yeshua of Nazareth, Jesus of Nazareth, as he's so frequently referred to. Do you know why? Not just because Nazareth was where he grew up, but because of another reason. This has prophetic significance in so much of the scripture. So much of what we read in the New Covenant has prophetic relationship. And what do I mean by that? The term Nazareth comes from a Hebrew word, Netzer. Netzer is a word that, that is like a twig or a shoot. Remember the prophecy? In Isaiah it says, there will come forth a twig, a shoot, a sprout from the stump of Jesse. Jesse, his Hebrew name, Yeshai, the father of David. So when it says the stump, it's speaking about from the house of David. This term, Nazareth, or the, the root that it's formed from, is understood as relating to Messiah. When, when we hear that, that it's Yeshua of Nazareth, this should have strong messianic implications, a context that, that says Yeshua, he's the Messiah. But Peter, what does he do? Well, let's keep reading verse, verse 72. And again, no difference, same happening. And again, he denied, but this time, he denied with an oath. Now, remember, Messiah says, just let your yes be yes, your no, no. Don't take oath. Why? When you oftentimes feel the necessity to take an oath, it's to cover up something which is evil, something which is not proper, something that is not part of, of God's will. And this is exactly what Peter's doing. So he denies again, but this time it says with an oath. And notice what he says. 
that I do not know the man. Now, this is important. There's a change. I do not know the man. Now, I didn't make mention, but in these three denials, we're in the second one, but they have something in common. When he says, I don't know, there's two possible Greek terms that he could use. The word gnosko, the simple word, or the word oida. Oida is unique because it always appears, it has to appear in a specific tense. And what is that? The perfect. And what is the purpose of the perfect tense? Well, this is the implication. When Peter says, I don't know the man, what he's saying is this. I have not known this one in the past. That's a lie. I do not know him now. Well, that's a lie. And he says, I do not, I will not, is the implication because the perfect speaks of something that happened in the past. It's true now and it will continue to be true. Well, we know again, this is not going to be the case. Peter's going to be reinstated. This, this declaration, I don't know him, I haven't known him, I don't know him now and I will not know him, this is all false. But it's to show a strong denial in the strongest terms. Secondly, he says, I don't know the man. Now, using that term, the other one, the first young lady and the second one, says Yeshua, Yeshua of Galilee, Yeshua of Nazareth. They spoke his name, Jesus, publicly. Peter would not. Peter simply says, I don't know the man. And that term, the man, is also to put distance, a separation between himself and, and Yeshua. A strong denial. Now, notice what happens, verse 73. In verse 73, it says, with a little time, meaning with a little time having passed, we find the one standing, and the implication is the one standing in this location, they came before, meaning came before Peter, and they said to Peter, notice this next word, truly, a very important word. We're called to be about the truth, to do everything truly. But what happens? No. Peter is not behaving truly. What takes place? They say, truly, also you are from them. For your speech, and this can mean your accent, the way you're talking. Now remember, Peter, he took an oath, he denied, he spoke, I don't know what she's saying. They heard him speak. And his way of speech gave him away. That's what it says. Look again. For your speech, literally, clarity makes you. Meaning it's clear that you're from the Galilee. And, and the thought is this. Everyone in the Galilee had heard of Yeshua. Those miracles, those wonderful sermons, everyone had heard of him. And now you're saying you don't know him and you're from that area. Your speech gives you away. Look at his response, verse 74. Then, and this is to show a, a response with emphasis. Then, in light of that, he began, notice what he did. 
he began to curse and once again to take an oath. And what does he say? That I do not know, this is the second time that he said this exact expression. This is his third denial. I do not know the man. Now, we need to pause for a moment and give a, a proper perspective. Because Yeshua, he warned the disciples in regard to his first coming now, what took place 2,000 years ago. To pray, to watch, and to pray. Meaning, watch, be prophetically literate. Understand the events. Pay attention to them. These events, what's going to happen? And we went through them in great detail in Matthew 24. When you see these, be ready. So watch and pray. He told the disciples 2,000 years ago these same things. Watch and pray. But they did not take his words seriously. So let me ask you. Are you taking his words seriously? Do you understand the prophetic events that are going to happen in the last days? And I believe some of these are very soon in taking place. Are you praying that you will be ready, that you will stand faithful, that when Messiah comes, he will find faithfulness being displayed in your life? That's what a true disciple is going to be praying. That's going to be his thought process. But what did Peter do? Peter, he began to curse and swear that I do not know the man. Verse 74 in the middle, and immediately, with that third denial in fulfillment of what Yeshua said, and immediately the rooster sounded. Look at our last verse, verse 75. And Peter remembered. Now, up until this time, because he was not taking seriously Yeshua's words, he wasn't thinking about these things. He was just acting natural. We're not supposed to act naturally. We're supposed to act supernaturally. And the only way that we can do so is when we're led by the word and we're empowered by the Spirit of God. Peter, it says in verse 75, Peter remembered the word of Yeshua. Notice Yeshua, that name, Jesus, appears. And what he had said to him, that before, that before the rooster sounded three times, you will deny me. And what did he do? Well, this is why I emphasize this word outside, because it says he goes out, outside. It just shows further and further and further removing himself from Messiah. He goes out, outside, and what did he do? He wept bitterly. Now, you are going to have a, an experience. When Messiah comes and you are brought into his presence, it can be either a great time of joy or if you are a believer, but you're not living faithfully. Remember what the scripture says about him wiping away every tear? Don't be a person that needs to have tears, tears that stem from denial, stem from disobedience, stem from not taking his word seriously. Be someone who is not weeping bitterly, but, but is rejoicing greatly because you took seriously the truth of God. You applied it to your life. He found faithful people 
and that means you when he returns. Well, we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others. Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org. Again, to find out more about us, please visit our website, loveisrael.org. There you will find articles and numerous other lectures by Baruch. These teachings are in video form. You may download them or watch them in streaming video. Until next week, may the Lord bless you in our Messiah Yeshua, that is, Jesus, as you walk with Him. Shalom from Israel. Thank you.